Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. And he said for us to leave those lives, of course it's important we have intimacy, but one thing he stressed very seriously was purity. He said purity and victory can't be separated. You can't have victory without having purity. And um, let me just quickly read something. Um, this is from First Peter chapter 1. From verse 13. Therefore prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. In everything, God has called us to be conformed to his likeness. And not just being victorious cre creators, but being holy. For us to be, God is first of all holy. And for us to be conformed to his likeness, we should be first of all holy like he is. So for us to be conformed to a victorious life, we should be first of all holy. And that's what God is calling us to right now. He's calling us to be different in our holiness. To be different from from the world to be different from tradition not just like it's liberty is good but without holiness it's carelessness and god is calling us out away from that away from carelessness he's calling us to be holy to be a holy people a peculiar generation a holy nation a holy people amen there's no contradiction between the message of god's love and the message of holiness because this isn't about the love of god when you sin when you fail when you fall on your face it doesn't mean that god loves you any less it doesn't mean he gets angry at you and he's there with a big hammer ready to hit you this isn't about how much god loves you his love never changes towards you this is an issue of how much do you love God? Because Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. See, as Christians, we can't just do whatever we want to anymore. Because you don't belong to yourself. You belong to him. God has total ownership of you because he paid the price. He bought you with a price. It cost him everything that he had. And what the Bible calls us to do is not use our freedom to, to hurt people, not to use our freedom to, to use angry words against people or to sin against God or to walk in rebellion. But the Bible tells us to use our freedom and liberty to be free from sin, to be free from every addiction, everything of shame, everything of your past, everything that's wounded you. You have total freedom. You have freedom to be who God created you to be. You have freedom to be just like Jesus.
in Jesus and his creativity. Do you know that if you read the New Testament, Jesus never did the same miracle the same way twice. There's so much creativity in God. You have freedom to walk in the power of God like Jesus did, to have the joy that Jesus did, to walk in love, to refuse to quit. You have freedom to walk with a pure heart and obedience and holiness, whatever the cost. So, Pastor George, what does your shirt say again? Jesus isn't soft. That's why I'm not afraid today to give you a hard message. See, this message might cost you something. But we're not soft. It's not a matter of, oh, I'm just so weak. I, I just can't help it. I just give in to everything because I'm a weak person. That's not Christianity. Christianity is I got the power of God in me. I got a heart full of the Holy Spirit and nothing can hold me back. Nothing could stop me. My past, my sin, nothing. That's true freedom. Freedom is, doesn't mean I do whatever I want. Freedom means as I walk in obedience to the Word of God and obedience to the Holy Spirit, I'm free to be joyful. I'm free to have peace. I'm free to have victory. And that's what baptism is all about. As Pastor George said, baptism paints a picture. It gives a picture of what's already happened to us. And I'm going to reread the scripture that I read before, but in another version. So I'm going to go back to Romans chapter 6. But I'm going to read this now in the Message Bible. And this is speaking about what baptism is. This is what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life and a new land. Say, with baptism, that's why we don't believe in sprinkling. You know how some churches, they take water and they just sprinkle it on your head and say, be baptized? That doesn't paint a picture. What does give a picture of what God does for us is that in baptism, first a person is submerged under the water. And that's a picture of death. That's a picture of burial. And that might sound harsh. And that's why when I teach the baptism class, I have a problem sometimes teaching the kids to understand, no, you don't really physically die when you go under the water. But when you become born again, when you become a Christian, a death takes place. That person who you were before doesn't exist anymore. That person who was full of shame, that person who was full of depression and rebellion and was hopeless, that person who didn't know God, that person who couldn't understand the scripture, the person who was born spiritually dead, is dead and buried. And that's why when you do the baptism, you're going to be put under the water because that's the picture that God has created. If you're a Christian, that person who you were before you know, knew Jesus is dead and buried. All things have become new in your life. It has no power. You know what that means? 
The sin that you walked in before has no more power over you. The depression has no more power over you. The fear that you walked in, it has no more power over you. That, that old person is dead. But then what happens? You come up out of the water. A new life and a new land. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised up out of the water, it is like the resurrection of Jesus. So for those who are going to be taking baptism and for those of you who were baptized and maybe don't have the full understanding, going under the water represents death. But, but thank God we don't leave you there. God did not leave you dead and buried without hope. But then you come up out of the water. And that's, that's symbolic of the resurrection power of Jesus living in you. The very, the, the very spirit that raised Jesus up from the dead is raising you up from the dead. You're not dead anymore. Stop looking like it. Stop acting like it. Stop talking like you're dead. You're alive. There's power in you. There's life in you. I remember before I was a Christian, once in a while I'd go into a church and pick up the Bible, and I didn't understand a word that it said. I would hear sermons at times, and I would fall asleep. I had no idea why, because my spirit was dead to God. But when I became born again, now my spirit became alive to God. I began to open up the Bible and began to understand what God was saying. I began to experience the joy of the Lord, the passion for God. God broke, began to break off horrible fears that I had from childhood. Almost my whole life, from the time I was a little child, I would wake up every night with horrible nightmares. Almost every night, get, wake up, or even sometimes while I was still sleeping, just run around the house, run into walls, wake up screaming. Until one day I received prayer, and the power of God broke off all of that fear, broke off all that depression, and deliverance came. Because I'm not who I used to be. I might not be who I'm going to be. I'm not where I need to be. See, this isn't a, this isn't a sermon of condemnation. This is not a sermon telling you, well, you've got to be perfect or you're out. There's grace for you. There's forgiveness for you. When we fall, the Bible says we, we confess our sin, and Jesus, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and he'll cleanse you. He'll take all your guilt away. That's one of the reasons also for baptism. When you go under the water, it's a symbol of God washing away your sins. And not only your sins, but First Peter says it cleanses your conscience. Your conscience is cleansed. That's why you have the right to live as though you had never sinned before. You know that you don't have to walk around anymore in guilt and condemnation. Because Jesus has offers forgiveness. He has made you free. He cleanses your conscience. But at the same time, we cannot be satisfied with where we're at. Maybe I'm not 
where I used to be. But I need to keep pressing ahead. What I want to be is more like Jesus. See, my model is not the world. My model, the, the people that I want to be with, who I want to be like, is not of the world. I want to be more like Jesus. The Bible says he's your model. He's, a, he's a, the model of how we need to treat people, how we need to talk. And you know what sin is? Sin is doing anything that Jesus would never do. Sin is speaking to somebody the way that Jesus would never speak to them. Treating someone the way that Jesus would never treat them. See, when Jesus walked on earth, there was no compromise in him. He wasn't one way in the church and another way outside of the church. You know what we call that? We call that hypocrisy. Whatever way you can't talk in front of Pastor George right now, you can't talk that way in front of your friends either. That's hypocrisy. That's compromise. I remember when I first got saved, my, my mother was a bartender, and, and I was all excited. And I told my mother, oh, I just became a Christian. She said, a Christian? Oh, I, I know a lot of Christians. I know a lot of pastors. They come into my bar when no one else is around. And half the time they walk out with different women. See, that's compromise, and that's out there. But that, that, that from the beginning, never gave me an excuse because I didn't want to be like them. From the beginning, I said, I'm going after God. I want to be like him. I remember also when I first got saved, I was a teacher, a special ed teacher. And the associate, I'm, the assistant teacher that I work with, he was a homosexual. And when I told him that I became a Christian, he told me, well, there's a lot of Christians that come to my club and they party all night. And then around 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning, they start to take a shower and they start putting on their suits. Say, so I got to get to church. I'm in the choir. I got a minister today. See, that's, that's compromise. What I, what I want to see everyone here be is the same way that you are right here. I want to see you the same way out there. I'm, I'm tired of hypocrisy in the church. I'm tired of that compromise. What does compromise mean? Compromise means that instead of using Jesus for your model, you use the world for the mo your model. And then you say, well, what I do, it's not that bad. God is looking for a church of people to walk in purity, with pure hearts, with pure minds. Again, I'm not talking about perfection, and I'm not talking about condemnation. Otherwise, you wouldn't see me up here. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I'd have to take my Bible, throw it in the garbage, and go home. I'm only standing here by the grace of God, by God's forgiveness. Every day I got to come to him and say, God, I failed again. I messed up again. I need your forgiveness again. So I'm not standing here talking about a message hitting you over the head, condemning you. 
I'm just saying that we need to renew our minds. We need to renew our focuses. We want, we want to be more like Jesus. In, in John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And that's why we're called born-again Christians. What does that mean? As I said before, when we're born in the natural, we're born dead. We're born spiritually dead to God. We can't understand anything about God. We don't care about God. We don't want to do what he says. We're born spiritually dead. But when you receive Jesus and you ask him to come into your heart, and what happens is you become born again. The first time you are born in the flesh, in your body, but the second time you're born in the spirit. And, and if you're here today and you have Jesus in your heart, you're alive to God. You have that resurrection power. You've come up out of the water. You're a new person. Nothing can hold you back anymore. Nothing can stop you. You've got the power that Jesus walked in. You've got, that, you've got his same DNA flowing through your blood. Because you, because you came up out of the water. You're walking in new life. There's life in you. I just speak that life to you even right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I speak resurrection life into your spirit in Jesus' name. For everyone here, if you're going through depression, if, you, if you're lacking joy in your life, I just speak life into you right now. The life of God, the very life that was in Jesus, I just impart it to you right now in Jesus' name. Newness of life, out of the ashes. See, you, the Bible says that you're a new creation. Old things have passed away. That's why you can testify about what you used to do, about, about where you used to go, the way you used to talk. And it has nothing to do with who you are now. It's just giving testimony of the power of God in your life. Because that old person you used to be, he doesn't exist anymore. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, this is what the Apostle Paul, his counsel that he gave to the church. He says, my counsel is this, live freely, animated and motivated by God's spirit. Then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness, for there is a root of sinful self-interest, which is at odds with a free spirit. Just as the free spirit is incompatible with selfishness, these two ways of life are antithetical, which means they're opposite so that you cannot live at times one way and at other times another way according to how you feel on any given day. See, there's a war going on inside of you. Even though before God, your, your old man, the, the way that you used to be, is counted as dead, 
But still, you know what that old sinful nature wants to do? It's trying to come back to life in you. That's why it's so hard. I'll, I'll, I'll testify right now. It's hard sometimes to be a Christian. I'm not saying it's hard to serve God, hard to worship. But there are times when there's a battle that's going on inside. Because your old sinful nature is trying to rise up. That depression is trying to come back. That old fear wants to come back and take your mind back. That old sin, that old addiction, it wants to come back to life. And that's why Jesus said, you've got to kill the flesh. Pastor George, what does your shirt say again? Jesus isn't soft and what? What? And neither am I. See, you're in a war. You're in a battle. You know, I haven't really preached like this before in this church. And the reason is because the Lord showed me that the people in the church need to come up and are being built up into maturity. But the Lord showed me that we're in a new season right now called the maturing of the saints. This is a new season. I'm tired now of giving the milk. So far, I've been, every time I get up here, I try to give you some milk just so you can progress a little bit. But it's time for the meat of the word. Right? If you're not soft, can you take it? Or do I have to do like a baby, like Paul says? I, you know what Paul told the church? He says, I wish I didn't have to treat you like a baby and keep feeding you milk because there's some hard things I want to share with you. I want to see you mature. I want to see you rise up as the army of God. I want to see you endure hardship like a good soldier. You know that the Bible says endure hardship like a good soldier? It doesn't just say, well, be a Christian and everything's going to go easy with you. There's a battle out there. There's a battle in here. There's a battle in my mind. There's a battle in my emotions. But if I'm not soft, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take ground. I'm going to destroy the enemy. I'm going to defeat my flesh. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be ruled by the urges of my body, by the thoughts that come into my mind. It has no ownership over me. There's a battle going on. Let, let's just be honest today. I'm tired of sugarcoating. I, I believe that you're mature enough that we could stop that now. That there was a time for that. There was a time in my life I needed, every, I needed that milk. I needed that sugar coating. But now it's time to get real, to get honest. And if we're going to be honest, this is hard. There's a real battle. There's a real fight. But the Bible says that we are victorious. That you're more than a conqueror. That nothing can defeat you. That old addiction that you had that's coming back. And I hear the Lord saying there's some of you, there's old addictions, old habits are trying to come back. You need to stomp it out because you got the power of God in you. That thing can't rule you anymore. That can't control you anymore, that old anger. 
that, that used to rule you, that you couldn't control, and it seemed like it got better, and now it's coming back. You have the authority. You have the resurrection power of God to take authority over that anger and say, I stomp you down in Jesus' name. Nothing can defeat you. There's no person who can defeat you because you're a child of the king. There's no power of hell that can hold you back. Nothing can master you, the Bible says. But you got you to get in the battle. You got to be willing to fight. You have to have that desire to be like Jesus. Again, not about perfection. It's not about being perfect. It's not about never failing. It's not about an idea that if I fail, God doesn't love me anymore. See, that's religion. People will use that junk to control you and say, well, if you mess up, God won't love you anymore, and now we got to start watching you. That's all about control. We, we don't want anything to do with that. But there is a place where we have to say, God, I will give me a pure heart. The Bible says, who will go up the mountain of the Lord in Psalm 24? What does the mountain of the Lord represent? The presence of God, the very glory of God, to have encounters with God, to have his blessing. But the Bible says, who will go up that mountain? Those with pure hands and a clean heart. We, we, need to, we need to set our hearts apart for him. He, he loves you so much. Why, why is it that God doesn't want us to sin? Because sin will destroy your life. Why does God tell us not to speak to people a certain way? Or to treat people bad? Or, or to walk in sexual sin? Why do, or adultery? Why does God say that? Because that will destroy you. That will destroy your body. That will destroy your marriage. There's true life. There's true freedom in the word of God. In living according to what God tells us. I, I believe that was an earth changing, life-changing message that Pastor George preached last week. I believe it marked an, an, a milestone in this church saying, we're not soft. The devil can't, is not going to push me around anymore. Isn't that what I heard Larry singing today? Tell him, Larry. Amen. God is good. I was, I was telling Pastor this morning, I'm sorry. I was telling Pastor this morning when I was going to work uh, Friday that I was playing Kurt Franklin's Stomp, and I was enjoying it. And when I got to work, I found out why, because I don't know, I felt that the devil was playing games with me. My supervisor didn't come in. He didn't call me, nothing. So I guess he thought the place was going to fall apart. But I went and told everybody, I said, look, I don't know what's going on, but I need everybody, y'all grown, do what you're supposed to be doing. And the day went by great, went by fine. He came in about 11 o'clock, still ain't said nothing to me. Still didn't talk to me, what happened? Okay, but God is good. Everybody was doing what they were supposed to be doing and everything was carried out. And that's why I had to stomp because the devil was gonna start that morning. I stomped him, I wasn't hearing it. And that's the same way I feel. 
God is good. Devil ain't no good. He can't do nothing for you. He'll slow you down, but he can't stop you. In the name of, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. So in Jesus' name, I just break the power of hell off of you right now. At that tormenting spirit, that spirit of fear, that spirit that's trying to go after your financial blessing. I break it off you right now in Jesus' name. That spirit of abuse, that spirit of lack, I break it off of your life. Nothing can hold you back anymore because you're not dead and buried. You used to be dead and buried, your old man, the old flesh. But you came up, you rose up out of the water to walk in resurrection, life, and power. And there's freedom in you. You're free to be truly who God created you to be, a man of integrity. I don't care what you've done before. You're, if you're a man right now here, you're a man of holiness. You're a man of valor, a man of integrity. You're a woman of virtue. You're a mighty woman of God. You walk in purity, not because of anything you've done, but because of the sacrifice of Jesus, because of the love of God. See, no matter what I say, I can't get away from the love of God. He just loves you so much. And the other reason that we get baptized or one of the other reasons, is because baptism is a public confession. Why, why does Jesus want us to go, come in front of a church and get baptized? Because being a Christian is not a private thing. You can't be a Christian just in your head. But God wants everyone to know. He wants you to have the courage to stand up and say, I don't care who sees me. I don't, I don't care who's looking or listening. But I'm proud to be associated with Jesus because he set me free. He changed my life. So um, can someone get Melissa? So I, I told Pastor George today, I said, I have a song in my heart. And Pastor George says, well, just keep it there. So I said, well, I said, well let me get Melissa then. And while Melissa's coming, I'm going to ask Torian to come back. Oh. All right, we'll do that here.
works that your hands have made the awesomeness of you and how you love me just the same mere words cannot express what I feel inside I cannot explain your glory divine but as a token of my love this is what I'll do I lift my hands and say Lord Lord you're holy Lord you're holy and we lift you up and magnify your name your name well there's not enough words that I can say to tell you how much I appreciate all the wonderful things you've given me your loving kindness your tender mercy it's my desire to praise you and tell me how much I love you, you're worthy of all of the honor, and Lord, you are worthy of all the praise. I don't know how you could love me, how you could give me so much mercy. You didn't have to suffer and die for me, way back on Calvary, so I I just want to thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, thank you. Wonderful, holy and righteous, victorious, conqueror, triumphant and mighty, healer, deliverer, shield and defense. You're my strong tower and my best friend, omnipotent, omnipresent, soon coming.
See, we serve a holy God. But that same holiness that's in him, it's in you. You're a man or a woman of holiness and purity. And we, and we need to walk in that. So this is how I want to end. I'm going to ask for those in the prophetic team to come forward. And just to, we're going to get into, into teams. Because for those of you who need the life of God in you, you're saying, I want an impartation of that resurrection power in me. Because there's greatness in you that's ready to come out. There's power in you. There's victory in you. You're the head and not the tail. God, there's prosperity in you. And God wants to, God wants to just release that in your life. So we have a prophetic team here that for whoever wants, if you want to come up. And they're not going to tell you what's wrong in your life. Any fool can go up to you and tell you what's bad about you, what's wrong with you. But they're going to ask God for a word of destiny for you. They're going to ask God for a word of life for you. They're going to get the heart of God for you. So as we're, as we're just setting up, I'm going to ask Torian to, to pray. And then everyone who wants, you could just come up and we just want to pray for you. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.